Everybody is reading a column about high gas prices, but nobody's talking about the solemn high mass crisis. That's funny. Wait, did you do the ass crisis one? Huh? No, I didn't tweet the ass crisis one. I'm try- I was oh, just thinking about it. It's like, man, I'm trying to get sponsored by Halo. And if they see my ass crisis post, will they sponsor me? What's up? I'm Mark Wahlberg. I'm all prayed up, <laughs> ready to start the day. What's up? It's Mark Wahlberg. Got up at 4 a.m. this morning. First thing I did was check out my muscles. The second thing was check my app, Hallo. Hallo. The first thing I did was use my obscene wealth to have access to better, uh, not only healthcare, but also food and nutrition information. And I used it to uh, look like a demi, a Greek demigod. And now I play golf. What's up? I'm Mark Wahlberg here on the set of Ted Three. Coming right to straight to the straight to Netflix, and I I'm teaching the bear how to pray. <laughs> Sponsored by Hallow. Since the <laughs> the Ted Three plot is just trying to get him to come to mass, <laughs> and he gets to mass and goes, "Hey, Mark, what the fuck is this?" <laughs> That's the whole plot of the movie Ted Three. It's me, Mark Wellbook, on the set of Ted 3, here with my buddy, Ted. Ted, why don't you tell the people what you think about Hallow? <laughs> if they did that, that would be the – I would download Hallow and I would pay for the full premium subscription <laughs> if that was their ad. <laughs> That's what I would do. I would have no qualms if they got the, the – I don't care about Mark Wahlberg. I want the bear from Ted to advertise I, for the app. <laughs> I don't care how much you have to pay him. Welcome to Hallow. <laughs> Today, <laughs> we will be praying – the liturgy of the hours. <laughs> God, come to my assistance. <laughs> the bear becomes Catholic. That's the plot of Ted Three. I'd my goodness, it. I that that trailer that trailer physically hurt me because I know that was every funny joke they showed the entire plot. They sure. they did a bunch of jokes in the beginning about how he's friends with the bear, and then they have a falling out, and they become friends again or they learn that like friendship is magic or something i don't know anyway it it's moderately concerning that the gimmick is like hey you want to pray with mark Wahlberg? you know what i mean (laughs) noted holy man mark Wahlberg. (laughs) noted noted catholic you know, Mark Wahlberg. Noted noted dude who beat up a Vietnamese man on a subway, Mark Wahlberg. Noted guy who would have stopped 9-11, Mark Wahlberg. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, hold on. Look it up. Look, He's apologized for this profusely. Oh, um, boy. Mark Wahlberg, 9-11. 9-11. Uh, Mark Wahlberg on 9-11 plane. Pretty sure he could have stopped Quote, 9-11. <laughs> um, if I was on that plane with my kids, it wouldn't have gone down like it did. <laughs> There would have been a lot of blood in that first class cabin. And then me saying, okay, we're going to land somewhere safely. Don't worry. Oh, we certainly Mark. would have tried something. Oh, <laughs> I've had yeah. probably over 50 dreams about it. 
Oh my god. In Contraband, I did all the stunts. And then in the fighter, obviously we did all the fighting and we fought and we made it real. If it's necessary, we'll do it. Um Oh my gosh. Oh, and oh, this interview. Oh, this is the interview that it's from. Oh, that's funny. This is the interview that it's from. And then update. Wahlberg has apologized for his 9-11 comment, releasing a statement that says, to speculate about such a situation is ridiculous to begin with and to suggest I would have done anything differently in the past that I pray him is irresponsible. I deeply apologize to the family of the victims. Nice lawyer talk. But um, in the later during this interview, now a religious man. This is in 2012 when Ted came out. Okay, so <laughs> noted. Now a religious man has changed, remarkably changed his sex life, at least when it comes to his own personal intimacy. Oh, no, that's not what they mean. I don't get down with jerking off, dude. <laughs> oh. I don't believe in everything the church says. I try to do the right thing. I'm a married guy. I have a beautiful wife. Sex is not the most important thing to me. Being horny all the time. Spanking the, I mean, it's not against the law. You can do whatever you want. And it's not like I shouldn't do it because of my faith. I'm just not really that into it. What? <laughs> Staunch defender of the faith, Mark Wahlberg. Oh, man. Goodness gracious. I'm glad to hear that 10 years ago he was, you know, converting, so sure. to speak. <laughs> that's that's one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite Mark Wahlberg stories. Like he was like, I would have stopped 9-11. <laughs> Could you imagine saying that? That's so stupid. <laughs> if i had been in rome 1963 to 1967 it wouldn't have gone down that way there would have been a lot of blood on the <laughs> i tell you what if i had been around in 33 ad in jerusalem it wouldn't it have wouldn't gone have, down the way it did that way. i would have been like come on guys let's get them down from there I'm Mark Wahlberg. I'm Mark Wahlberg. I'm going to stop the crucifixion. <laughs> it would have been me falling off that horse. It would it's... have been me writing the letters to the Corinthians. It would have been me. <laughs> <laughs> Those Corinthians wouldn't even know what hit them. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Gosh, dude. That's so funny. <laughs> you know, that's the kind of thing you can only say when you're on when you have interview brain. When you you're on a press junket. Yes. Yeah, and you're just like you're talking all you're day talking and you're in a hotel, anything. a crappy hotel room with lights. Gosh. And freaking BuzzFeed Katmandu is coming in to ask you questions, the same questions about your movie. And then GQ yeah. comes in and you're like Oh, the men's magazine. I'll tell stories about being manly. Yeah, I stopped beating my meat and I would have stopped 9-11. <laughs> <laughs> and what's funnier is that he follows it up by going, yeah, it's kind of, you know, I did all my own stunts, you know, so I probably could have stopped 9-11. <laughs> I could have stopped him. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, wouldn't have gone down the way that it did. He did kind of oh, live that out. I mean, he made if I was in that first class cabin, not coach. He made that movie about the, the Boston bombers where he was the cop that took him down. So he did kind of get to relive some of that. What is funny, because that uh, happened in 2012, a month after he gave that interview. <laughs> dang, he was just really, really hot for terrorists for a minute. Poor guy. 
All right. Well, if we ever do get sponsored by Hallow, they can't hear these tapes. These are these are locked locked behind a paywall. Welcome to The Crunch, the only podcast that woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning. It's your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. That's nah, a bummer. I know. A little crink in the neck, as yeah. they say. Yeah. Crink. Uh, is it? What, what do they call that? What's the actual? Is it crink? Or is it's it a kink? Because I don't know it's if I want to say that. Crick. Mm-hmm. Okay. Crick in the neck. Okay. Crick. Delete what I said before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's uh, What's going on? I feel like we've been busy boys this week. Yeah, dude you've you've been you've been streaming you've been i've been pod, streaming podcasting you did a solo podcast yesterday solo solo crunch lunch and solo stream yesterday which was kind I of tuned a, in i tuned into the solo crunch lunch it hold, it held up you are very good at solo podcasting i like i was listening i listened to it and i was engaged really you weren't bored even though you've heard all of my talking points a hundred no, times already? i was like you were you were interesting you kept up the pacing real well it was like it was great. If I if I was like if I was like on my lunch break and I, I wanted something to listen to, that's pff, yeah, that was great. Dang, that, thank that's you. exactly that's, what it was. I was kind. like, yeah, it's like oh, it's lunchtime. I was like, I'm walking back. I can I could probably pop in and listen. And I listened a lot longer than I thought I was gonna because it was so engaging. And I was like in the chat and I was like saying we should do a podcast topic on this. And I'm like I'm stealing the I'm gonna, I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna leave. <laughs> <laughs> it's very reassuring. Um, so thank you first of all second of all if you want to hear the crunch lunch you can join patreon and you can hear a recording of it it's not gone forever it's not lost in the ether i have it on my hard drive right now oh it's going up soon i would post it this instant if me and patrick had decided which email to use on the patreon four years ago (laughs) (laughs) but to this day it is still something that is being resolved so uh no. it'll be posted probably in the next couple of days and uh it'll be up before you hear this show so literally every bonus podcast that we've ever oh yeah and it, it goes to our private rss feed so if you're a patron you can listen to it on any podcasting any platform that podcasting you use place. you subscribe via rss feed and it shows up in itunes it's crazy and spotify uh, yeah i don't know about spotify actually we don't know about spotify but it for sure shows like nine percent of you use spotify and i'm one of them i true i forget about that i assume that just because i do something that everybody does it yeah um which 90 percent of the time is right you know obviously yeah um but i was looking at the metrics the other day and i was like oh wow everybody uses apple podcast app which is kind of nuts it is. Um, but yeah we did crunch lunch yesterday so check it out it's on patreon i also did a live stream by myself yesterday that was it was hard yeah, it was really hard. It? Yeah. Really challenging. Man. Because you're like I by felt... yourself and you're like, what do I do? I do I keep going? <laughs> and you like take a break for five seconds just to like swallow your spit and you feel guilty because it's just quiet. You know, it's just you. Like, oh dang, yeah. that's that's weird. And everybody's just watching me This is why streamers play music spit. in the background. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. The I will say you complimenting on me on the crunch lunch, and then when I got done with my stream last night. I walked into our bedroom and Emma had been watching me on her phone and she was like, you did a great job. And I was like, you liked watching me play Civilization 4? She goes, no, I wasn't watching the game. I just like listening to you. You were so engaging. I was like, oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's so nice. <laughs> the podcaster, podcaster to Twitch is like probably a really solid, a really solid It's like solid football move. player to rugby player. You know, there's it's a couple a easy, of things you yeah. might need to learn, but you know, it's you'll figure the, it out. The muscles are all there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, so you did you did Civ Six, but it was like only the religion. 
Yeah, I did Civ four. Civ four pacifist run, um, except for when the barbarians took my city because I didn't build enough <laughs> units, so I had to I had to take it back. Yeah, uh, but I I did a beeline to uh, Christianity, which meant that I accidentally had to discover Buddhism and Judaism along the way, which oh. is just kind of funny. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but, but I ended up getting to Christianity. I converted my whole continent and now the next stage is I got to research boats so I can take religion to the, to the other side of the continent. So Great. it's, uh, it's going well so far. I, we're having that's a lot really of fun. fun. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 uh, the, the Catholic versions of games, that's kind of a, a fun little, like a fun thing to do on Twitch. I, I, yeah. I've, I've pitched nice to you some niche. of my ideas. Did I, did I pitch to you some of my ideas? No. Can you pitch them to me again? I can okay. So one of my ideas is uh, Pokemon, but I take a vow of but poverty. Pokemon go to the Adoration Chapel. Pokemon go to Adoration. Uh, Pokemon, <laughs> but I take a vow of poverty, so I like, can't buy anything, including Pokeballs. <laughs> Dang! So how do you? Yeah. I I've never played a Pokemon game. How do you? How would you get the Pokemon? You would have to rely on. Uh, you'd have to rely on gift Pokemon. How so does like, that there's work? How do you throughout the throughout the uh, throughout the game, there's several um there's several ways to get like free items you, uh-huh. if you find items uh sometimes pokemon are holding them i'm gonna use a, i'm gonna use a version of the game where every pokemon is 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 holding something um so yeah there's like you can find things you can get po- so there's there's several points throughout the game where you can buy you can like buy the magic carp and it's like 500 dollars, and it's like stupid like why would you can buy i it? just can I say something crazy? Sure. <clears throat> well, maybe not. It's not crazy, but something I don't understand. Like, why can't you just walk up to the Pokemon and just punch it square in the mouth? <laughs> You're mine in the mouth. <laughs> I'm your dad. Like, <laughs> it's probably because there's no button for that. There's there is no button for that, but it's just <laughs> it seems like a a glaring flaw in the series. Everyone's like, oh, the Pokemon sure. fight each other. I'm going to collect them all, all these things. But it's like you can't just walk up and pick one up and just take it, which I feel like you should be able to do. <laughs> Some of them are literally well, just like plants, you know, just Ethan, take, just, bad, just take it home guys, and put it in a pot. The bad guys in Pokemon do exactly this. They oh, steal okay. Pokemon. Yeah. I would like to be a bad guy in Pokemon. The glaring, the glaring hole that you're, uh, the glaring hole that you're, 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 uh, <laughs> you see is a um a plot point of the actual a plot series. point okay got it got it got it most people when people say like this is a huge plot hole usually plot hole usually they they just missed a point of the of the story so that again i have really shown my ass on this one unfortunately oh my gosh the catholic church made a game app for catching the saints great yeah i'm gonna have to play that for sure um, other than our renewed zeal to uh, make this a multi-million dollar content business what have uh, yeah. what's been going on Oh, I'm at a conference this week. Did you meet my the, coworker Anne? I did. I met coworker Anne. You she did. was very no nice. She's very she nice. She's very nice. She's probably she one of the me, nicest she people. She let me ever. rant. She let me <laughs> okay. rant about stuff that I was thinking about at the conference. That was nice. She told me how fun it is to work with you. Oh, that's um, fun. Yeah, she said she said that everyone should support us on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> she's really great. I mean, she's used to that. I'll come in to the office and she'll be like hey, what's going on? And I'll just start going on something and she'll just sit there. I mean, she's a mom. She gets it. She knows. <laughs> she's and like, so she'll just like, we'll just listen and be like, yeah, that's that's crazy. I can't I can't believe that's happening. I'll be like, thanks, Anne. I <laughs> needed like, that Thank today. You. Thank, Thank you. you. That's so nice. That's cool. I'm glad you got to you got to run into her. She's very cool. My coworkers in Steubenville at the John Bosco Catechetical Conference. 
Yes, the St. John Bosco Catechetical and Evangelization Conference at Franciscan University of Steubenville, not CYMC. I did not get to go to CYMC because uh, that's in Phoenix, Arizona. And my boss said, uh, no, you're not going to fly to Arizona for a week. Uh, you are going to drive to the school you go to every week anyway, and you are going to go to the conference there. <laughs> mm. And I said, fine. And I'm here at the conference, and I might be the youngest person s- here. Really? No way. Yeah. There's maybe a couple 25? of other people. Yeah, there's maybe a couple of other people my age. I mean, if you think about it, I've been I've only been doing youth ministry for three years and I started right out of college. It was like an eternity. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, you tell me. I started right <laughs> out of college. So like, I don't know. There's not a lot of youth ministers my age. I, I think we I think I have a weird perspective on youth ministry. I just assume every youth minister is a young dude like me or lady, mostly ladies like me, because those are who all my friends in youth ministry are. But the mm-hmm. vast majority of youth ministers are just parents and it's people in their 50s, people in their 50s and parents and volunteers and catechists who just kept going um, mm-hmm. and just are doing youth ministry. Right. And so I think that's why the Bosco conference is so important, because it's just like when they said who's never been to the Bosco conference before, maybe 80 percent of the people in the room rose their hands, raised their hands. Wow. I know. That's kind of nuts. nuts. Yeah. And so a lot of, a lot of, it's like, yeah, a lot of us probably need this, like a little refresher. I, there was a talk called, uh, renewing, uh, an effective vision for youth ministry, which is a talk that I've seen on, um, on what's it called on Franciscan at home before. So I've, I've heard Bob Rice give this talk before. Right. But I mean, having that talk is probably important. I'm trying not to get the conference, the jaded conference mindset where it's like, you can get into that vibe of like, I've heard all of this before. No, dude. But I also think it's not bad. I do think we need to be jaded because a lot of stuff at conferences is repeat nonsense. And like, okay, it's good if it's your first time. Yeah. Totally get it. Some people have never heard these things before. It's like, we've never, people have never heard, Hey, you need to start discipling your teens and you need to, you know, not blame the parents for everything. I when think you're I, allowed to be jaded if you've heard it for six years consecutively, you know? Which I have. <laughs> which you have. Yeah. So you have a jaded past. I, although I will say this. Tell me. My one big question mm-hmm. is not being answered. My one big question is not being answered. I'm on the edge of my seat right now. I want my to know big, what the one big question is. My one big question that I've asked over There's and over information and over that's again. out there that I haven't received. I have an incomplete data set. I, as a human, desire to complete the data set. Tell me more. I'm reading a book on storytelling. Anyway. So, <laughs> parents. Oh. We all got them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, we, like, parents, parents are the big boogeyman in every parish office Mm -hmm. because they care about their kids and sometimes that means you get weird emails right yeah and or they don't the parents are the problem they don't take their kids to mass they don't take their kids to youth group they don't take their kids to whatever um parents 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 are the problem they're the problem they're the problem i've slowly come to the answer to this question by gleaning things but mostly what i've gotten uh, the, the answer that I've, I've gotten from youth ministers is mostly don't blame the parents. Don't blame the parents. 
I texted you this. Don't blame the parents. It's not their fault. They're trying their best. They're trying their best. They make they make mistakes, you know. And I was like, well, if they're making mistakes, even if that's their best, mistakes are still bad. So they can be blamed for their faults. Okay, if someone mm-hmm. has made a mistake and, and is is doing badly, mm-hmm. you know, you can be blamed for that. So I think it's fine to say parents are not taking their kids to mass. They're not doing their job. That's fine. But what we what I what I what I what I what I feel is this this uh, I've overheard some conversations at the conference and this this decision to blame the parents is. I think for a lot of us, it is a concern. Hey, these parents aren't what it really is. It's like they're, they're not, they're not disciples. Okay. I think for others, it's an excuse for why my ministry is failing. And so it's a way for me to shift the blame from myself mm. to the mm-hmm. parents. Ah, the parents, they're this, this unstoppable force of cafeteria Catholics that I just can't do anything about. Mm-hmm. And so I think for for me, this is a temptation that I have, but I've seen it very acutely in other people and I'm probably projecting is that that is the that is the 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 song that I've heard sung over and over again from the attendees mm-hmm. of this conference. And so what I've heard in response from the speakers is don't blame the parents, have patience with the parents, have patience with their schedules. But my response to that is a lot of the parents in the parish that I'm ministering in. If I respected their schedules, their kids would be in eight sports instead of seven. You know what I mean? Like oof, it's oof, it's oof. um a lot of a lot of what I heard was, hey, you know, you gotta look at the schedule at the high school because if there's a big choir concert, don't plan a retreat for that weekend. I'm like, yeah, that's that's a really good point, but it's everything. It's every event. They have something. Mm-hmm. They're on vacation. Right. They're like it's it's every event. And so it directly contradicted Father Mike's talk, which was Father Mike Schmitz? Father Mike Schmitz was there. No way, um, dude. I know. It directly <laughs> contradicted his talk, talk which he he gave the, what? Sorry. I, I didn't. I didn't talk to him. You didn't talk to him? That's fine. I didn't talk to him because I only saw him outside of uh I only saw him outside of the field house once and I yeah. almost yelled uh tracy kalesa and i didn't <laughs> and, and she said you should using have yelled our that, yeah using our friends as bait to, to talk to father mike <laughs> that's not good no 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 it's not i just yeah anyway um i had that's nothing funny. to say to him so it was like why sure. talk to him right because everyone why else is trying to him. talk to him and they want yeah. to tell him that he changed their life with the bible in the year so let's let them do that you know what i mean that's, yeah, <laughs> that's important for them so um father mike's talk contradicted yeah, Father Mike's talk contradicted this, which was a disciple. He said, a disciple is someone who will change their schedule for Jesus. This is a focus thing. Mm-hmm. A disciple is someone who will change their schedule, who will adjust their budget for Jesus to follow Christ, to get closer to Jesus. And so I was thinking, what if we started challenging, I started challenging parents with that. Now I can't just straight do that without oh. earning their trust, the earning the right to be heard. Right. A bunch of pastors all over the country just started getting sweats immediately. Right. As because you said that a wave like, of anxiety just struck every parish office in the nation. I hope because I, I know there's a, there's a tendency in me and there's a tendency in everyone who's in ministry to, but why aren't they coming to my thing? Like, why aren't they coming to Life Teen? I, I work so hard. And like, uh-huh. that is a tendency that I have too. 
But in all honesty, if I'm if I'm being really holy and honest, if I'm in a good place spiritually, I don't care if you come to Sunday Night Life Team. It might not be your thing. That's fine. If you don't come, mm-hmm. like if you don't send your kid on the retreat, that's okay. I have questions. If you're like, I I don't I I just don't feel spiritually fulfilled by retreats. I'm like, that's really interesting. Tell me more. What do you feel spiritually fulfilled by? Because I want to know more. Um, yeah. But it's like you got it because what if if I present this with them, it could be seen as do it could be seen as self-serving, right? Like a disciple is someone who changes their schedule so they can make it to life team. So they can attend to the things that I put on. So they can attend to. Yeah, exactly. Which to be fair is what focus missionaries do a lot of the time. Yeah. Like this. And not just focus missionaries, a lot of people, right? A lot of people will do this. It's like discipleship is attending my stuff. So to make it to make it broader, it's like if you were really a Christian, you would do the things that I want you to do. Oh, I mean, that's that's just a that is an old that is a t- <laughs> an oldie tale but a as old as time. Yeah, um, the only person that can say that is Jesus Christ. He's exactly. the only he's the only person <laughs> that could say if you were a real Christian, you would do what I do. <laughs> which is which is why I hesitate saying this. Yeah, because I don't want I don't want. I feel like a lot of catechists, some at this conference, if they were given that ammunition, they would, they would, that hammer, everything would be a nail baby. They would break it over the head. And like, I know parents who are very faithful Catholics who can't come to life because their kid plays baseball and they're getting it at home. The kid is reading scripture in his bedroom by himself. I'm like, good, fine. He's doing it right. He He's does doing the, the disciple thing. at the games and he does John three sixteen on the, <laughs> on his cheeks. And so I guess I don't want to have a false irenicism. Do you know so what that is? You're gonna you're gonna have to. I know that I don't know that word off the dome, and so pro- it's likely a word, that many. It's many a word that also. shows up in a lot of Vatican II documents. Irene means peace. That's that's why I don't know it. That makes yeah. sense. And um, never read those. False irenicism means like a false peace, right? A fake peace. So irenicism is is peace. Is peace, yeah. So like, a false. If I'm an, if I'm an irenic person, I'm a peaceful person. I don't know if that's the adjective version. It's of the present irenicism. participle of it. I oh, you looked it up? Mean. No, I. I'm still looking at the Mark Wahlberg article. <laughs> I, still <have> that. <laughs> I still have that pulled up. That's different. Uh, but yes, it, it's what the Vatican II <laughs> fathers talk and about. And with a deep sense of irenicism, I said that I could stop them if <laughs> if I was. The- <laughs> I said anyway. I I do all my own stunts. Yeah, um, carry on. <laughs> I a false irenicism is this d- d- agreeing with someone's error for the purposes of maintaining peace, for mm. the purposes of not getting mm-hmm. messy, not getting okay. uncomfortable. Get, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the Vatican II documents, it's specifically in regards to ecumenism, uh, which is this, something that. Hopefully. Sorry. Does it condemn that the false? Yeah, racism? it condemns that. It's it says Sick. we can't shout out just, Vatican II. Shout out Vatican II for literally doing the opposite of what everyone thinks Vatican II does. Yes, hundred percent. Anyway, so Vatican II talked about this false irenicism that this false peace that we can have between Christians, where we say things like this one lady said to me once, where it was very clear that she was super anti-Catholic because I mentioned I was Catholic and she stopped, she turned away from me, and she said, "Well, we all need to have our beliefs." and it's it's like lady if you think i'm going to hell tell me right now please i know my yeah. soul is angelize me yeah i i i i dare not presume my own salvation please tell me if i'm an error uh mm-hmm. fellow christian you know it's it's that it's that sort of thing we can do that with 
our fellow Christians when they're sinning because we don't want to be the one that preaches against them. But that is against our baptismal identity as prophets, right? Doesn't it say in the Bible that you got to call out your brothers if they fall away, you know? Yeah, and I I don't – maybe I'm – the problem with that is it can be very self-serving to call people out on sins that I find particularly distasteful. Mm-hmm. But what I'm what I'm what I keep coming to is this. Tell me. The blaming my big revelation this weekend, the answer to my question was blaming the parents is not wrong. You are in fact to blame <laughs> for a lot of things. I am in fact to blame already for a lot of things. One time Leo didn't get a diaper change in time and he got all gross. You know, we got a big old rash. I am to blame mm. for this. Am um, I out of touch? No, it's the parents who are wrong. Right? It's that. <laughs> I don't think I don't think blaming the parents is wrong. It's wrong if you stop there. <gasps> I am afraid that I am trying to plug up holes that are actually smaller than the bigger holes. Um we are focused on youth ministry um we're focused on young adult ministry i think we need to focus on parents um and that's a problem because Mm -hmm. adult faith formation is like the thing that we're the worst at you know yeah it's the thing that everybody's scared to do it's the thing that everyone's scared to do because everybody you, wants to do ministry to the kids because it's like easy to ask parents to drop their kids off. They're like, hell yeah, an hour to myself, I'm in. You know, yeah, like, and and kids are nicer than adults. That's true. They're they're more open. Their minds are easier to mold. So there's even like if also, a kid hates you, they'll at least be they'll at least be respectful most of the time. Most you know? of the time. And Even if they're, they're not, not it's respectful, a they're children. They're children, right? So it's like I don't care what you say. You're a kid, you know. But it's yeah. like if it's the if it's the 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 uh, the parent that you kind of you're you know they have a cool car, <laughs> you know, you know they 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 have a cool job, you know. What I'm, if we who, what if we talked about faith in the parking lot next to your BMW? Ooh woo. <laughs> BMW. <laughs> I can't figure out what you were drinking there. Um, I think it's, I call, it's very. That's what I call a charismatic proclamation. Nice, very good. Thank you. Um, pretty, pretty impressive. I will say it's. It is. I like that. What you just pulled out. I think that's really true because I've, I've made this accusation towards people on the, uh, in the liberal left. You know, like there's a reason that so many. Like it seems like there's a big overlap between people who are super into uh, the woke LGBTQ agenda, who are also like preschool teachers. It's because it's just easier to get them to believe what you're saying when they're young. So it's easy for me to point that out. But then it's you just help me realize, like, okay, there's also a reason that there's a bunch of buses that are filled to go to Steubenville conferences every summer because it's just easier, right? It's and so like simple. people. It's simple. People want to feel, in a general sense, like they are doing something. <laughs> and when they don't feel like they're doing something, they're just going to stop and go do something else, you know? Yes. And uh, I think it's uh, the priests, uh, DREs, youth ministers, everybody needs to acknowledge that the real work that has to be done 
it's easy to cover up a paper cut. It's really hard to like wrap a tourniquet around a, a limb that's been cut off, you know, and get them to the hospital. Like we're just we're we're patching up paper cuts all over the place. We are but bad like, at triage. We That's have no clue. We just <laughs> we have no idea where the actual wounds are. And when we do, we're like, it's probably better if we just cover this up, and uh, we'll just we'll keep keep addressing this thing that we know how to address because uh, yeah. whew, that over there looks like a lot of time and a lot of failure and a lot of money. And I don't uh, I don't know if I'm very interested in that. And youth ministry is also one of those things that's not just easy for the people that are doing it. It's easy for the people that are watching it to say it's important. You know what's really important is the kids. The youth, yes. The, we really need to focus on the youth. It's the it's the Catholic equivalent of climate change, you know? Yeah. Like we really need to – like the government right now, the Democrats and the Republicans are arguing on Capitol Hill about whether or not to pass a bill about climate change. Like you can't – legislate the atmosphere dog like that's not how it works it doesn't care what bills you pass <laughs> you know but like it will it will be very good for all of the politicians to come out and say we passed a bill on climate change regardless of what's in the bill and what actually changes it's the oh, exact yeah. same thing with the youth ministry we raised a hundred thousand dollars for our youth program at the gala this year everyone's like yes cool, amazing we did cool. it. Um, super awesome. I'm super glad none of that money is going towards trying to get me to change my life because that <laughs> would be inconvenient. But yeah, it's it's a lot of the uh, – I mean a lot of it is I think the world is bad <gasps> and everyone who has the opposite opinion as I do is dumb and stupid and wrong. Yeah. And so I got to make sure the kids don't have those opinions. Because I'm perfectly fine. I'm done. So like we got to make sure these kids who aren't like me yet become like me, you know? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so the youth program has to look like I mean, this is the this is the every problem with youth ministry can be summed up in this. It's everyone's opinion has to do with everyone's opinion ultimately comes down to <laughs> I want these kids to look like me. Um, I'm perfect. I don't need to change even youth ministers. Right. It's like this youth program needs to look exactly the way that mine did when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. uh, this youth ministry looks, needs to look exactly like the one down the road. Um, priests do this. And, priests do this. Also, and since and since this parish needs to look how my parish was growing up, et cetera. Like it goes all this yeah. bishops, the diocese needs to look the way it, it just it happens. Everyone it, does it, this. We all do everyone this. does this. Uh, many such cases. And so I guess. What do we do about the problem? is like a dumb question. Yeah. Cause I was, I felt myself asking that question and sometimes it takes a mirror. And so I was in this other workshop and everyone was asking, you know, like so I was in the we... bathroom. Yeah. Right. <laughs> There's, everyone in the, the everyone in this, in this other workshop that I was in was like, what do we do about the parents who just don't care? And I was like, Oh, well obviously you hold them under the water until they start caring. Right. That's what you do. I, mm -hmm. I heard that and I was like, oh, wait, that's a really dumb question because you don't change hearts. And that's one of those performatively pious things we were talking about that you're supposed to say at a conference. Well, ultimately, it's the Holy Spirit that does all the work. And I, if I had a, if I had a dollar for everyone who really believed it was the Holy Spirit <laughs> who did all the work, I would be a Franciscan. <laughs> I would have no zero dollars. I would have zero money. <laughs> really glad this room is soundproof. Um, I don't know room. who else is in this house, by the way. It's just my friend's house and lives with four other people. <laughs> yeah, you could just be shouting. There's like, the, hey, there's a 
There's a stranger in here podcast. There's a stranger in here podcast. Someone broke into. That's probably the. So that's probably the not the weirdest podcast. thing someone's broken into a house in Steubenville to do. Hey, um, that's true. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I mean, it, it's 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 something I'm becoming more convicted of this week, hmm. and it's just good to be reminded and and kicked in the pants a little bit that it's like yeah, it's. Something that I was talking to a little bit on the crunch lunch yesterday, and then I had a meeting with a, a missionary who I support who's in town uh, today. And we were just talking a bit about like, because he left staff and then rejoined staff. So mm. he kind of got like the the out and then the experience and then the back in experience, which is a, pretty unique um, in terms of missionaries. Um, so his perspective is really good. But we were just talking about how it feels like y- you leave something like Let's say you go to Franciscan University of Steubenville, FUS, as it's abbreviated on the internet. Indeed. Um, you, you leave Steubenville and you go out into the world and you realize like, oh, wow, everything out here moves way faster. Things change so much quicker. I, I can't keep up. And a lot of my habits mm-hmm. are starting to fall by the wayside, right? Same thing with focus. You're in it for a couple of years. You have, maybe you have a great youth group in high school maybe you have a, and you get to college. Maybe you have a great ministry in college. doesn't matter. Anytime you're in sort of an insulated environment and you leave, you realize how much more quickly the world moves outside of that little bubble. And this is and not this to denigrate the bubble. coffee mug that I have, it's double wall vacuum sealed and insulated. And if I were to take Ooh. this coffee and pour it on the table, it would change very quickly. It remains very s- still and, and, and hot in this cup. But if I pour it on the, out of the insulation, it changes quickly. Exactly. It's and an analogy. It's, it's easy now when we step outside of it and you – you can because I think one of your great strengths and one of the great strengths of this podcast is that we're able to kind of take a 30,000 foot view at things without being in it, you know? Like we, we recognize how absurd the book tours of Catholic speakers are, you know, even though yeah, we are the sure. people that interview the Catholic speakers for their book tours. Yeah, like, and I desperately want to do one. I want to feel famous. Sounds fun. Yeah, there's nothing nothing wrong with it. But I'm just saying like- In the same we have way that of, I want to be rich, you know, I'm stupid and I'm sinful. <laughs> We have that Gen Z awareness about what's going on. That, which makes it better, which makes our it makes us okay, right? No, it doesn't make it okay. But oh. what I'm saying is that we can look at the church and recognize like, holy cow, this is just one big bubble where time is slow and the things outside of that bubble don't really exist. You know? Mm-hmm. There are things that are going on in the culture that if you were to walk up to your average priest or youth minister. Um, or campus minister or employee of the parish and say, hey, there's a group of people that are really struggling with X. Um, can we like, can we do something about that? They'd be like, what is that? I don't, I don't, I don't know what that is. You know, yeah. like they just would have no, no connection with what's actually happening in the outside world. It's like, well, we should probably have another session where we, you know, get people signed up for our CIA and, and make sure that they are ready for the two-year commitment or else we can't sign them up. You know, like that, and they just revert back to this old thing. It's like, when you're outside of it, you can see how insane that is. But because the truth of it is that most people, and people in the church don't know this, but most people don't care about God. <laughs> most people have no interest in religion or Jesus or prayer or anything. It, that includes most Catholics. And so what the the thing that you were alluding to earlier like the, why don't people why are they come up it's like it's because they don't care about god yeah oh, and yeah. like we need to stop operating on the assumption that people do care about god they just haven't had you know they haven't experienced what what i can offer them you know it's like no they just don't care they care about other things more 
And like when we were able to take that look in the mirror and say, okay, I'm dealing with a population of like 95% of the people that are in my parish boundaries, 95% of the people who actually go to mass every Sunday, they just don't, they don't care. They don't care. And so and let's, you can't let's make them care. You can't make them care. I don't it care. Was like how the big revelation for me this weekend was like, well, I realized the question I was asking was, how do I make them care? Which is the question, mm-hmm. how do I make disciples? Which is kind of like the perennial question, right? It's like, yes. well, you're supposed to go and the Holy Spirit does it and mm-hmm. uses you. And then yeah. there's a disciple, bada bang, right? And I mean, you can ask them the question, hey, do you care about God more than soccer? You and know? that's not really going to work. <laughs> no, it's not because they're going to be like they're going to say, "Of course they do," and they're going to they're going right. to be like, or they're going to be pissed at you for like questioning them. You know? How dare they, you? Or my, my they might is be personal. It's like you just you just have to do. This is I I sent in this article to the catechetical review. I'm not sure if they liked it or hated it, but they did not take it. And the reason was <laughs> I don't think I don't know what the reason was, but the article was called "What to Do When a Kid Leaves." And my uh, my big thesis was um, let them. I've said this mm-hmm. before. Let them yes. go because go. you you just you you're supposed to just go preach the gospel. And if someone accepts it, heck yeah. If someone doesn't, okay. Mm-hmm. That just all that means is that you're not the person. All it means is that you're not the one. <laughs> All that means is that you're not the guy who gets to harvest that. Sorry, that's okay. Move on to the next field. It's not the the shaking the dust thing. The shaking the dust thing is not. Oh well, it's not like a, it's not like the apostles were flipping the bird at the town, right? It was like they're shaking the dust off the feet because they're not the ones planting in that soil. They don't get to take it with them, right? Mm-hmm. You knock the soil off your feet because that's not your field. That's someone else's. God willing, someone else comes and can do it, right? Like God, God, because God obviously wills those people to come to him. And if he wills Mm -hmm. it, he's going to make it happen eventually. Maybe not in this generation, maybe the next. And so if it's not you, walk away, let it go, right? Um, Enjoy other people harvesting the fruit. You know, it's, I don't know. I don't know, Patrick, the numbers for youth ministry are really down this year. So um, could you, could you maybe get those back up or else we might have to talk about your budget. And I don't know if we... I don't know if we have room for your your salary, you know, budget. It's like, but that's that's the conversation that happens is we believe that, and then it's like people lose their jobs, and so it's just one time. It one feel, time, it I, feels insane to me. One time, I in a in a in our meeting, we had like our metrics check. We just like yeah. we do my my philosophy of metrics is like it's important to know. You know what I mean? Sure. It's important yeah. to like be like here's how many kids. Oh wait, we ministered to seventeen kids this week. Do I know all of their names? Uh, that's like an important thing to just to track, you know. Yeah. And uh, but we also have goals, and I'm not a big fan of the goals. Uh, but we, um, I got so mad at my boss because he asked me why I didn't hit the goal of twenty. I got so pissed. I was like, it's been six months. I was like so mad, and part of it was because I was staking my own. Like the reason why I got mad was not because he did anything wrong. Mm-hmm. He just asked the question. The, why I got mad was because I had started staking my worth as a youth minister on that number. Mm-hmm. And so he he challenged my self-worth as a laborer in the vineyard. We do that. Yeah. It just usually happens. That conversation usually happens internally where we like, 
we ask ourselves why we haven't hit this expect- expected goal, and then we get mad at ourselves. <laughs> and so the meeting just happens in our own hearts. Um, yeah. What if we evaluated DREs and other parish staff people, potentially priests, based on the number of baptisms that they have in their church, not associated with a marriage or an adoption or a, a child being born? And it said just on pure, someone met someone from this parish and then now they're getting baptized. You know, I think even the I think conversations even that's too results driven. No, I'm just saying like, the, I think the number will be shockingly low. And then all of a sudden they'll realize like, oh, wow, all of the standards that I'm holding all of the people underneath me to are pretty unreachable because we're not baptizing anybody who's not coming here to get married. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, like, sure. That's what I'm saying is like. I think there's an inflated expectation. Like we baptized X number of people this year, but it's like, okay, how many of those were because they wanted to get married because grandma wanted them to get married in the church yeah. and they don't go to mass anymore. You know, like do we have, a, are we, are we measuring our success based on like true conversions of people who found about the church because someone evangelized them, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it just feels like our, our, everything is just all upside down and backwards. And yeah, it comes back to a, a new a new a neopolitan principle about census data. It's like a new polity, new polity thing, neopolitan. That's a that's a joke for the for the people in the new polity discord that listen to the podcast. Nice. Um the when you uh when you count people and you count 1 2 3 4, you're doing it wrong because those people are unrepeatable, which means they're not the same thing. So you can't mm. They're not units of people there. So when you count people, it's one, 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 like one unrepeatable person, one unrepeatable person. And so I don't know. I'm not going to say stop doing censuses, but also kind of stop doing them because you got to know your people. You can do them. You just are not allowed to fire your youth ministers based on them. That's, that's what I say. That's what I think. Yeah. That's, yeah, I'm I, just, I, I mean, I even think like I even think applying the traditional corporate interview evaluation style to ministry is really dumb because it it's it takes prayer and discernment. And I heard someone talk about the hiring process for a youth minister, and I was like, I don't know if that they had him give a talk, and he didn't seem he seemed like he couldn't handle the pressure of giving a talk mm. on chastity. And they were, and he was like, No, you're you're not. We're not going to hire you. Um, whatever, maybe it also entailed prayer, but whatever. But I was like, I was like, that, that's something that, that corporations do. They'll, they'll do a couple interviews and based on their gut, they'll be like, oh, you're not a good fit. You know what I mean? Which is just funny. Um, this is the summary of what I've learned this week. Please. A lot of us are relying on ourselves and not Jesus. And that, that is why, that is why the church is not where you want it to be is because first of all, what you want it to be is not the best it could be just kind of probably like a really dinky little church compared to what God wants. The reason why the church is not succeeding is because you're letting yourself do the work and not letting Jesus do the work. And he'll let you let yourself do the work. You know, he'll let you make that mistake because he's good and merciful. Jesus' love and mercy is uh, one of the, one of the qualities that people hated the most about him, which is why they killed him for it. That's a fact. Get ready for some killing. Patrick, I want you to kill me with some love. <laughs> Dr. Ethan's dating quarter? Please.
We got to do our patron of the week first. Oh, dang. Sounds like if you want to hear Dr. Ethan's Daily Corner, you got to listen to patron of the week and listen to all the people that signed up in the last one week. If Ethan and Patrick hadn't been full of naivete in college, they wouldn't have started this podcast. If they didn't have people supporting them on Patreon, this podcast would have stopped making sense a long time ago. Because of those patrons, you now get to listen to the best Catholic comedy podcast in existence. This is Patron of the Week. For those listeners with a fighting spirit. So in the last week, we had three new patrons. So shout out to, shout out to Kyle Brown. Shout out to Musician04. And shout out to Lauren Zygmunt. Thank you for becoming patrons. We really appreciate it. Ethan, uh, this is great. We have three people to shout out this week. Uh, let's get three more next week. So if you're here, you've heard this, of musician one. You've heard of musician two. You've heard of musician three. Baby, we got musician oh four in the mix. The first, oh, the first oh three musicians were taken. Very happy that someone decided to finally take musician oh four's place. I'm so happy. I think I think we could do better than that. I think we could do not only three. I think we could double it. I think we could get six in between this week and next week. That's good. I think so too. <laughs> do you, what what do we do if we if we do get six more patrons? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Uh, you are going to finally drink pickle juice. I don't want to have it be a punishment. I want it to be oh. something we can all celebrate together. If we you know? get six, if we get six new patrons, I will. But if we get six new patrons by the time, I mean, it would have to be by the time we record on Wednesday of next week. So if you're listening to this on Sunday, we don't have a lot of time. We don't have a lot of time. You have three days. If we get six new patrons in the next week, I will purchase a an ice cream cone for my old Chinese neighbor lady, and I will give it to her. And if we don't get six new patrons, then I will not get her any ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> What's her name? Zhuen. Get Zhuin some ice cream. Put it in the Discord. Operation Get Zhuin some ice cream. Get Zhuin some ice cream. It's a hot July day in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. So we it's got 107 get degrees right now here, dude. That's not. Did you know that 119 degrees planes can't take off? That's crazy. Planes can't fly if it gets too because, hot because the air inside of the plane is hotter than the air outside of the plane. Yeah, that's probably what it is. No, yeah, that's not what it is. That's how that's how blimps because it's not enough lift. So in Phoenix, if the if it gets to 119 degrees, planes can't go anywhere. Dang, you could be stuck they, in the Phoenix airport. In Phoenix, the planes try to take off, but they crash and burn. And the new plane rises from the ashes and then takes off anyway. <laughs> <laughs> if I was on that plane, it wouldn't have crashed and burned. Patrick, uh, some people can't afford to join Patreon. What can they do instead? So if you can't afford to join Patreon, that's totally okay. The we best thing it. you can do, and I seriously do mean the best thing you can do, this actually helps the podcast, is you can go to uh, iTunes or Spotify and you can give us a five-star rating and give us a little bit of love. So give us a little review. Um, I would like to read, read a review now from Lumper2000. Fancy. Lumber? Lumper. Lumper. Okay. L-U-M-P-E-R 2000. Keeps getting better. Great show. That's my wife. Wife, what are you saying? Doesn't matter. 
Well, not right now. It doesn't. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> She's meeting me out here for dinner tonight. Uh, nice. Lumber 2000 keeps getting better. Great show. Really great podcast. I've been listening since 2019. My wife wrote me into it. Who found out about it from a flying business card at a certain Catholic conference. Let's yes. go. Let's go. Still reaping <laughs> Thanks, that Hannah fruit, Miriam. I hope you're doing well. Um, <laughs> for throwing the cards and Lauren throwing the cards at Seek. It was oh, fun yeah. then while I was in college. It's even better now. My wife and I like to listen to the show in the car together. There's a great balance of banter and thought slash conversation provoking content. Ethan and Patrick feel like good friends, especially since I feel like I've gone through a lot of big life transitions at the same time as them. Engagement, marriage, and the birth of our first child. I love it. Congratulations, Lumber 2000, on the birth of your first child. Also, let's go. I love that people keep saying this about the podcast, that they it's conversation provoking. That's the point. That's what I love about this podcast. That's like We point. want... We want to model and provide and transition into real world relationships and friendships. Uh, That's what we want to help facilitate on the crunch. So thank you for being a part of it. If you think that that mission, if you think that this episode was worth uh, $2, you can join us on Patreon supporting at 10 bucks a month. If you support at 10 bucks a month, that's about $2 an episode. That's a little less than a cup of coffee. So if you want to buy us a cup of coffee, you can go support us on Patreon at 10 bucks a month. We have a little surprise coming for you, possibly. I oh, oh sorry, I wanted to do one more review because this person deserves a review, a solo review. Uh, this review comes from Riley McCatholic, <laughs> nice. uh, otherwise known as producer Riley. Yes, good, very, very good. Yes, that's her review. Riley <laughs> has been listening to our show forever. Did you know that? I didn't know that she still listened. I assumed that when I deleted my Twitter account, everybody that I knew on Twitter stopped existing. So it's <laughs> it's good to know that she's still alive. <laughs> when I when I when I started following people on Twitter again after about a year and a half of not following people on Twitter, I followed Riley back, and she was like, "I have been I have listened to Patrick's podcast for five years. I've been friends with him for two years, and he just followed me on Twitter." <laughs> I felt very bad about that, but yeah, Riley, yeah. Dang, uh, Riley awesome. is a really cool person. So. I met Riley. Speaking of Seek 2017, I met Riley at Seek 2017. So yes, uh, that's we go way back. Yes, she is. She is the perfect wife for my friend Nick Sharapa. Shout out Nick Sharapa. I want to do dating. Dating. dating I don't want to date anymore. Dating. I like being married to my wife, but I want to do a dating question. Uh, I know it hurts. I'm sorry. It's it's fine. Fine. I, 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 You came to the right place, you ding-dong. It's called communication, baby. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Uh, she wants to remain anonymous, though. Well, sorry. She said she doesn't want to remain anonymous, so she texted me. She said she does, so we're going to keep it anonymous. So okay. What's his fake name? <sighs> Catalina. This one comes from Catalina. <laughs> I know I know a girl named Catalina. That's not just a dressing. It's a real name. <laughs> I didn't even know it was a dressing. I am a six, 20 <laughs> I am a 26-year-old female. He's a 26-year-old male. 
I am a focus missionary, uh, and as one does, I asked a mission partner for referrals. And one of them was this guy who was a core team member at uh, the youth group from my home parish, who's about my age. Nice. My mission partner reached out to him to see if he was open to hearing about the mission and joining my support team, to which he responded that she was trying to set us up. I know this because he sent a screenshot of the next exchange. He said he'd be open to it anyway, and when I reached out via text, he was anything but serious. 100% a jokester. But he flipped it around and turned what I intended to be a support appointment into a date. He said, hmm. so either I donate to the cause or I pay for dinner. That decision is on you. Nice. He said, I said, I don't see why we can't do both. And that was that. That's so cute. We kept chatting back and forth and he was definitely flirting and just honestly seemed really into it. I was a little put off because I've never met the guy, although I did see him at mass and he mentioned that he saw me at mass. So he noticed me. But he was very forward and made it clear that he was interested. Then the day of our date, he canceled because stuff come up came up at work. <gasps> I asked if he wanted to reschedule and gave him a couple of options. And he said he didn't think he could reschedule this week because of his workload. No. Now, I totally believe him about the workload, but I was frustrated I he didn't even try to reschedule. So I responded understandingly and said if things changed, I'd be in town and if for a few more days, tried to keep it light and made a joke. Even though I was really disappointed. Since then, he's ghosted me. No, I'm just super oh. confused. I'm super confused because the way he was talking to me the first day and the way he sounded when he canceled were like night and day. It was like I wasn't even talking to the same person. It's obviously hard to tell because this was all over text and maybe he's just having a stressful week, but that's weird, right? I mean, maybe he just isn't interested, which is fine, but he could say that and keep in mind that he came on to me, not the other way around. I was just trying to keep it professional, inviting another person into the mission. Anyways, I'm frustrated. I don't see what could have gone wrong. I haven't even been on a date in a long time, so putting myself out there isn't easy for me. And I was excited that someone was interested just to be let down. He seems like a good dude, even though I really don't know him. So if y'all have any insight into the male mind and what I should do, I'd love to hear it. What do you mean if? Catalina, I, I, I am the male mind. I am the okay? male mind. The only time I ever ghosted someone was on accident. I'm trying to think if I've ever ghosted anybody. I've been ghosted plenty of times. <laughs> plenty of times. <laughs> um. <laughs> My wife still won't tell me what's for dinner. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, man, this is hard. This is sad because Catalina, you didn't do anything wrong. No, you did nothing wrong. Well, this actually, is, I don't know that for a fact. You might have done something. We don't know kidding. that for a fact, but from what you've shared with us, Unless you left out like a weird detail, you know, uh, about something that you might have said to him. I think I don't think you did anything wrong. I think there's a couple of potential options. Option one. Dude legitimately is way too busy and does not have the time to text you. To even text you. But that also Which, probably means he doesn't like you. Well, hey. Let's let's be let's be gentle with this, okay? <laughs> you don't want to go option one. He doesn't like you right off the bat. That's option three or four. Come on. Listen, I'm not I'm not I'm not here to play kid Look, gloves. Okay, this is I need a, you. No, hey, li, hey. Listen. I'm supposed to be kid gloves. I no. What I'm going to tell you is I'm Doctor Ethan, and you are going to learn some bedside manner if you're going to co-host <laughs> this segment with me. Okay. Listen, I'm and not you, saying you, that don't, I, you don't just no. You don't just walk up to a guy who has cancer and be like, "Dude, you're going to die in six months. What's good?" You know, and then and then walk away like throwing if, a pamphlet for if he for doesn't, if he doesn't your shoulder on the way saying, out the door. I'm not That's saying not he's right. I'm not saying he's right. I'm saying he's. I don't know. It's just like, hey, you have cancer. Good luck with chemo. And then that's just that's what you did. 
I'm sorry. Hold on. Um, Let me pull up the message, the email that accompanied this, and I'll see if there's any other uh, information. I can't. I can't believe that you would just do that. I'm uh, so sorry. I'm so sorry. Option one. I didn't mean it. <laughs> option one. He's busy. Option two. Um, th- it's totally possible that he got some cold feet, right? And it could have nothing to do with you, right? It, it could be. He tried to set this thing up. He was being really flirtatious. He's like, oh, yeah, this is very exciting. And then he just gets like nervous and scared. It is like, actually, I don't I don't know if I want this, but I don't know how to tell her that I don't want it because I don't want her to think that it's because of her. So I'm just going to I'm going to ghost her. That's not a correct that way to do like it. That sounds like something a guy would do. But that does sound like something a guy, especially a guy who says something like either I buy you dinner or like it makes a weird flirty thing like that. It sounds yeah, like something like, a guy like that's that would do. Super, you know? that, like that's super flirty. Like he obviously wanted it to. Yeah, wait, hold on. No, I, you're right. I take it back. He definitely liked her. Goodness gracious, dude. By the way, you don't have cancer. Just walk back the way, into the room. <laughs> hold on. Wait a second. <laughs> it might have been a smudge on the screen. I might have forgotten I, everything I I've ever learned. Cheetos in. into the exam room, and I got a little cheese dust <laughs> on the on the X ray. <laughs> um, yeah, but so maybe. So I think I think that could be. A, I think so. He. This is what I'm imagining. He's a guy who envisions himself as sort of a ladies' man. He's socially, you know, he thinks that he's a very socially apt person. He sees this opportunity to take a girl out on a date, and he like tries a move, but he really isn't that experienced with it. And then it works, and he's like, "Oh no! Oh no! What do oh, I no. do? Like I, this? I don't. I. I. I don't know if I like her. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm just really stressed out. Like he might have liked the idea of going on a date with you. He probably even liked you. Thought you were cute. Sounds like you guys don't know each other very well. So I doubt he knows you enough to really say like, yeah, I'm really into her. You know? Yeah. If he um, doesn't like her, that's no. Like that's no, but there's no uh, way, there's no way for them to like. They've known each other for like four days, you know. Like they don't they don't like each other. They might think each other are attractive or fun, but yeah. So I think, I think that's probably what happened. Um, third case scenario, his mom told him that he couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, mom, can I please take this girl out, son? You're already out of the house too much with that darn core team for youth group. I just I need you home. You know, that could be it. Uh, option four, he has a girlfriend and he's just a total dirtbag. I don't I don't think that's the option, but it's we got to put it out there. Got to put, gotta it, put out it out there. there. Yeah. Um, so I think option two is the most likely here. Option five, he's going to the priesthood, in which case you can never go back to your home diocese. Sorry. Option, option six, he just found out that he had cancer, started freaking out, but then the doctor walked back in the room and said, JK, you don't actually have cancer. So he's <laughs> just trying just to deal Cheetos. with that. It's <laughs> just Tito dust. Um, Cheeto dust looks know. a lot like a malignant like, tumor. <laughs> Sorry. Catalina, I would say don't do anything. I need you to rid this man from your mind and just move on, which is a lot easier said than done. I, I recognize hear... that you put some emotional weight into this and you were excited and I think that's very good. But either this dude wasn't ready um, or there was something else going on and it, it just sounds like it might not have been the right time. And I don't – that's nothing on you. That is not your fault. Uh, yeah. but you, you're, you're attractive and you're wonderful and you're doing all the right things. You just got to move on to the next one. You know, I hear that the Taylor Swift, 1984 Taylor's version album is coming out. So just wait for that. With listen to, to some old breath. Taylor, listen to some new Taylor, have fun. 
Have fun. We like to have fun around here. Just trouble. Whoa. Oh, trouble. 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 <laughs> That's bedside manner. <laughs> hey, kid, I hear you like you like Bluey. Huh? You like Bluey? Let's find let's put Bluey on the TV. I don't know what I don't know what that is. I don't know what you're Oh gosh, it's but. the show that like all the parents are like dying over. They're like, oh my god, it's so wholesome. It like shows like a a, a it's a really wholesome like example of like a, a nice happy family. And I was like, hey, yeah, that's great, that's awesome. But like, why do we have a TV show that needs to do that? Why can't we just have happy families? Like, why can't a kid learn what a happy family is from his happy family? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? That's that's true. Whatever why happened we- to? Why, do, why, 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 why can't we just, why can't we have the, the Cosby show? I know why we can't have the Cosby show, but a show. Cosby. <laughs> why can't we have like, <laughs> what if it's what it's called the Cosby show and it's just Eric Andre and it's not, the name is not changed and he doesn't go by Cosby. He's still Eric Andre. <laughs> that is was, that, did you just come up with that? Cause that's pretty that, funny. That was, so, someone Dang. was saying that about the Ellen show. <laughs> 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 well, it's like, we don't change anything. We don't change we don't the change branding. Anything. We don't yeah. change anything. We change, it's still Ellen. He goes by Eric, but it's Ellen. Yes. <laughs> it's the Eric Andre show. Yes. <laughs> what if it's the Cosby show, but it's Bob Saget's just it, some ghost, some teen I star guess. comes on. He goes, I heard you like to dance. And he throws up on him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny. Jeez, All right. Okay. We are. Um, we're having a great time here. If you want to keep having a good time with us, you can follow us on twitch.tv slash the crunch podcast. Oh, there's so much content. It's alive and it's being repackaged. It's live. I've, 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 got a list, channels. I've got a list of topics here of things that me and Patrick are going to talk about. We're going to talk about the insanity around that stupid new telescope um, that went up in the sky. We're going to be talking about that's this um, Thursday. This Thursday, it's tomorrow night. We're going to be talking about Jordan Peterson. Yeah. So uh, by the this Daily point, Wire. everyone will have already watched it. No, but if they haven't watched it, they'll be able to go back and watch the VOD and then subscribe. Sure. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Mark Wahlberg. We're going to talk about uh, I I uh, I had an incident with a rodent in my house this week, so we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so this is so, a bonus podcast for free. What is the Twitch stream that we're doing this weekend? The Twitch stream, yeah, but it's it's a bonus podcast for free. But if you subs- if you if you follow it, then we have more followers. <laughs> you see, you see, here's the thing. On the other, you website. just gotta keep doing it. You just gotta keep going. That's that's you just gotta keep is. doing it. If we if we keep doing a good bonus podcast, but live, and then also stream like cool video game content, then people will subscribe to us and will 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 be successful on yes. Twitch.tv slash the Crunch Podcast, which is what which is what we're looking for. So mm-hmm. you can sc- subscribe to us there. You can go to bit.ly slash crunch discord and you can join our discord channel. Lots of really great conversations. Just did a crunch lunch live just for our patrons vis-a-vis the discord. Um, and that will be uploaded to the Patreon exclusive RSS feed for those of you that missed it. Um, and those of you that joined the patron Patreon this week, you can check that out. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram. We had a real go viral today, which oh gosh, was really had, exciting. Ethan, like, I, <laughs> eight, I came out of a session eight, and Ethan was texting views. me like, 8,000 views, baby. Hey, come on. Don't, it's, it's seven times, 70 times the amount of views we've gotten on most of our other reels. So, like, no, that's, that's kind true. of exciting. It is exciting. You know? I I just thought it was cool that it happened in like 45 minutes, you know? Yeah, it's algorithmically controlled though. So it's like a super up to whatever Instagram wants. So it's sure. But uh, I'm I'm making more of those, baby. So (laughs) great. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter. We're everywhere. And we want to be your one-stop shop for whatever this is. Whatever this is. (laughs) 
for good Catholic con for good Catholic content. Hey, some good Catholic content, some good some good resources. That's what that's con. It's not content for Catholics. It's resources. That's what Catholics produces resources. Yeah, we don't um, make resources. We make resources. Uh, if you want to stop by for good conversation, creating conversations. That's what we're here for, baby. Amen. Um, also, I, at the end of the at the end of the episode, I have to I have to sh- we're at the end of the episode. I have to shout out Oliver from Outlaw Catholic. He's letting me use his studio while I'm in Steubenville, so I don't have to use a dorm room and party like it's 2016. Uh, so thanks, Oliver. Go check out Outlaw Catholic. He shout he's got Oliver. some good goals on his goal board here that I want to help him reach. So go follow him in Outlaw Catholic. Sweet, Patrick. Do you have anything else for the people? I understand why little spiders turn upside down and like curl their legs in. Um, I understand why cockroaches do it. I understand why like mice and dogs do it. Why they like when they die, they like roll on their back and like curl. Why don't humans do that? Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we'll see you all next week. stream of consciousness i don't know where that question came from (laughs) it's it's, i mean it'll have to do i thought of a dead spider and that question is now stuck in my microphone i can't get it out so it's it's going to be there forever i hope someone's like you know close relative and dog and pet spider haven't all died because if so that's a really insensitive joke that's tough it's tough not to crack all right anyway tough nut to crack